0: like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. Presenting the Attorney's Fidelity Fund and the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund on cliffcentral.com. Your champions in the legal profession.
1: Sanbonani, I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is the Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokutlela. Welcome, Lines. Dumela Gary and Dumela to our podcasters. Yep, Lines, as you know in the last few podcasts, uh we've been talking about how many lawyers have in recent times made off with money that have been held in trust on behalf of clients. Ish. Uh, Obviously, these lawyers didn't start out crooked Mm -hmm. because for a lawyer to practice, he has to have a Fidelity Fund certificate. Wow. So uh, joining us today in studio is uh, Simtandile Manyamani. She's the practitioner support manager of the attorney's Fidelity Fund. A very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Kerry, and good afternoon. Let's talk about your position as practitioner support manager at Attorney's Fidelity Fund. What actually
0: does that entail? It entails quite a number of things. One of the things that we do is really to support the practitioners, as the name suggests. How we support them is that we would provide training where it's required, we issue articles through Derebus, which is a journal that the Art is using in South Africa. We also support the new practitioners who have just opened new firms where we go and see if they know how to prepare their accounting records, if they know how to maintain their trust and, 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 and everything that relates to trust funds so that's the first leg that we do, and then we provide inspections as well, which is required by the rules. After four months of being, of opening the firm, we get the first inspection. Which is done within the first six months. So we provide quite a number of support initiatives that we that 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 are required out there. We currently, for instance, are writing up a risk management module for the lead, where we actually be talking to the practitioners on how to maintain their risks in their firms, because we've seen that some, that some of them don't know how to do risk assessment. So we're starting to support them to say this is how you do things. Mm. Being a lawyer, <clears throat> excuse me, being a lawyer myself. And being a very proud
1: member of the Law Society, I, I've, I, I, I can say personally, we really value what you do and you offer all kinds of assistance to us attorneys. So many thanks to you and uh, keep the good work up. Thank and you. The, um, let's talk about what a Fidelity Fund certificate is and how a lawyer
0: goes about getting one. A fidelity fund certificate is a certificate that actually entitles a lawyer to practice. What it means is that if you have your own practice, you are a director in an incorporated firm, a partner in a partnership, or a sole practitioner in, in a sole uh, proprietor you actually need to have the certificate. And this certificate that is issued is issued by the Law Society. It runs for the period from the 1st of January to 31 December. However, should you be a new practitioner that opened somewhere in the year, you can apply at at a point when you open the firm, but the certificate that's issued is only valid up to the 31st of December. How you apply really is that in the past, prior to the issuance of the 2016 ones, The lawyers would complete a form, an application form, and send it to the law society. And this was a manual intervention. They would send it to the law society. The law society would then capture the form onto the system and issue the certificate manually to the lawyer. In 2015, the Attorney's Fidelity Fund actually appointed a service provider who came up with an online application system which is um, uh, something that can be used by all the lawyers. The beauty about the system is that you don't have to have a laptop, you don't have to have a desktop, you can actually access the system even from your smartphone from your tablet, from your iPad from anywhere, you don't have to be in the office to do the application so all you do is that you log in and um, you get uh, your, your credentials, your login credentials provided to you when you log in for the first time, there's a section where you're going to put in your ID number and you also put in the email address. You submit it the system will then send you your login credentials. It is therefore important that as a lawyer, you make sure that the law society always has your up-to-date contact details. Because if that email address is incorrect, then you will not be able to get it. So you need to make sure that they've got the one that you're using so that it can be sent to that. And then you can log in using those credentials that you receive from the system.
1: Lance, uh, we may have answered the question I know you wanted to ask uh, how to apply for
0: f- certainly for the certificate. Yeah, but uh, since that yes. has been answered, yeah. uh, do does Fidelity uh, Fund actually operate nationally within South Africa or is it only based in Pretoria? We are based in Pretoria. Our head office is in Cape Town and we have an office where we're operating from. It's an office. It's a branch, and we have another branch in Peter Maritzbeck, which is a relatively small branch. Uh, but our head office, like I've mentioned, is in Cape Town. We do provide services nationally, although we don't have national presence in terms of uh, the buildings, in terms of location. You don't have people sitting everywhere in the country, but we service everyone in the country. You know, I'm sure
1: us lawyers know how to use the email and phones and the rest, so as long as we've got the major centres uh, it caters to all of us. Yeah, I think the question that uh, Lionel and I want to ask you is, what actually are the requirements to meet before a certificate is
0: actually issued to an attorney? There are two major requirements that we currently look for. One, we look for um, an approved audit for the firm. I don't want to say that we're looking for an unqualified audit because there are instances where initially the audit would be qualified by an auditor for whatever reason. Then the law society would send it back for whatever the qualification was to be addressed, and then it becomes unqualified. So you will find that... Most probably, in the system, it still reflects as qualified. That to us is not important. What's important is whether the law society has approved the audit report. So, if the approval is there, you will still be considered to get your certificate. The second thing that we look for is the practice management training. This is a compulsory training that attorneys who started practicing for the first time for their own account after the fourteenth of August two thousand and nine must complete, and is offered by the Lead, which is the um, the legal education and uh, development unit of the law society of the law society of south africa so if you started practicing for the first time after the 14th of August 2009, you must do that uh, training unless the law society, for whatever reason, actually exempts you from doing it. But that is at the discretion of the law society. Mm-hmm. So you need to meet those two requirements. And if we look at the issue of the audit report, if, for instance, you are a practitioner who is a director or a partner in more than just one firm all the firms that you are associated with should have approved audits. If any one of the firms that you are associated with doesn't have an approved audit, then it will actually lead to the withholding of the certificates for the other firms that you are linked with. Because remember, we issue the certificate to an individual, not to a firm. So for an individual to hold the certificate, you should be in good standing in all the firms that you are actually linked to.
1: I think there's one one other thing that you've got to be up to date with your subscriptions. Well Maybe the the law with.
0: society like I indicated is the one that issues mm. the certificate. Mm. So if you are not up to date with your subs so or your contributions with the law society yeah. they do they can withhold the issuance of the certificate even if you do meet the other two requirements.
1: May I just take a practical example a client walks into a lawyer's office a prospective mm-hmm. client He doesn't know whether the lawyer has a fidelity fund certificate or not. Mm -hmm. There is no way of demonstrating that, is there? And and I don't think it it is incumbent upon a prospective client to phone the law society and say, has that lawyer a fidelity fund certificate? I guess well, it's the, a tricky one. Then, there's
0: absolutely it? nothing wrong with the public member if they know that the, 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 the practitioner should be holding a certificate. Yes. There's nothing wrong with them asking from the law society and verifying. Yes. In fact, the intention is that in going into the future, the public member should be in a position to log into a, a website yes. and see if the attorney that they are approaching does hold one. Excellent. So yes. there is something like that that is going to come into the future. Yes. But at the moment, not all attorneys display their certificates on the walls but it is ideal that they do because for a member for of the public who knows that there should be a certificate it would be a plus to see that certificate but the beauty when when we when we get to the time when the member of the public can verify they can actually even scan that certificate and see if indeed it's a valid certificate or if it's a forged certificate.
1: Yeah. You know, what you're saying is so accurate because uh, I had a client the other day who came to see me. His attorney had closed his doors and mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't get hold of him. The, the, he, the, the attorney didn't answer his calls or anything. I know this is a slightly off point. Mm-hmm. So he came to me and I had to phone the law society for him. Mm. And I to ask them, has this lawyer closed down or is he in bad standing or what is the position? Mm. As you rightly say, I think the public should be able to access that mm. themselves yes. directly so they know whether the, whether the attorney is up to date or not or has a certificate or not. Certainly. That's something What's, that we're working towards. What is the effect, if I may ask, is a last question, of uh, – and att- on, on the attorney's part if he doesn't have an up-to-date fidelity
0: fund certificate what's the effect on him and his practice the effect on the attorney is that as the as the actor right to um, correctly points out or explicitly points out it, it first of all says you should hold a certificate for you to practice yeah. but it also says in a case where you where you do practice and you are not in possession of the certificate when you should you cannot be charging fees yes. so effectively what it translates to is that if you don't Have the certificate and you are continuing to provide A service, you should be providing it Free of charge because you're not entitled To a fee or award or disbursement Or anything, so it is critical That an attorney for them to practice They must always have a valid certificate
1: If the public have any Queries, they don't phone the attorney's fidelity fund They phone the law society direct you found it's the law society. Should come through to you. You, you,
0: yeah. Well, the first point of call is yeah. the law society. They are yeah. the regulators. They are the ones who issue the certificate. The attorneys fidelity fund doesn't. Yeah. All the attorneys fidelity fund did was to introduce an online system to facilitate the application. But it is still the secretary of the law society who issues the certificate to the practitioners.
1: There's a wealth of information on your website that the public can look at, please, and a lot of attorneys should have a look at it as well. Give it to us.
0: I'm happy you said that. Uh, a lot of attendees certainly have to look at it. Um, for instance, this year we closed on the 31st of March to provide assistance. The fund does provide telephonic assistance usually in the periods between October of a year up to around March of the following year. Yeah. Because it's a peak period for issuance of certificates, we understand that the law societies cannot handle all the calls. So we do appoint people temporarily to provide the service. And we do indicate on our on our website when we are going to provide the service and what the contact details of the people who can be contacted are. And once we have closed, we also indicate unfortunately, some people don't read on our website <laughs> because they still continue to phone, even post the date What's when with we... When us <sighs> And and you actually expect attorneys to to read because all they deal with really is text. But some of them don't. So they still continue to phone. In a case where we receive a phone call where a person requires assistance or maybe they have not been assisted by the Law Society, they couldn't get through for whatever reason, we do provide the service. But your first point of call is the Law Society.
1: Many thanks. That's the voice of Sim. Tandila Miyamani. She's the practitioner support manager of the Attorney's Fidelity Fund. Thank you for taking time to be with us. A great bit of information. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, Gary.
0: Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is
1: cliffcentral.com.